1: And call 1-888-FREEDOM or visit ConsumerCellular.com.
2: Savings based on cost of Consumer Cellular single line 1, 5, and 10 gig data plans with unlimited talk and text compared to lowest cost single line postpaid unlimited talk text and data plans offered by T-Mobile and Verizon January 2024.
1: Welcome to the Hornets Hivecast, the official podcast of your Charlotte Hornets. Here's your host... Sam Farber.
2: Welcome to another edition of the Hornets Hivecast, your Hornets podcast with all the notes, quotes, and daily buzz around your favorite NBA team. I'm Sam Farber, and it is a pleasure and a privilege to have you with us once again. It is post draft week, so time to take a really deeper look at the haul the Hornets brought in for picks. In total, James Booknight and Kai Jones from Round One, the two headliners. And quite frankly, you've already heard our instant reaction, so we'll go a little bit deeper. But someone I think you're more likely to want to hear from will join us later in the podcast. That would be Hornets General Manager and President of Basketball Operations, Mitch Kupchak. Mitch joins us next, but first you get to, again, hear our opinions, Sam Farber, alongside my producer from the Hornets Radio Network, Rob Longo. And Rob, as we take a deeper look at the draft picks. Let's start with the first guy, James Booknight. The more you watch him, the more, at least the more I watch him, the more I like him. I think this is a guy who, I don't know if plug and play is the correct terminology because no rookie is really ready, at least on a contending team in my opinion, to just jump into the starting lineup. Uh, certainly not at a position that Terry Rogier occupies but this is a guy who I feel is ready to contribute. I think his game especially from three is only going to get better. This is a guy I think the Hornets were very Surprised to see there at 11.
0: That was a pretty good summary. I mean, I don't think I can add on to it much more. I saw a lot of draft boards that had book night as high as seven going to the Warriors. And then there was a couple that had him at the end of the top 10. So again, yeah, I don't think a lot of people had him slipping to number 11. And if you heard James Booknight after he got drafted in his media availability, he kind of hinted at that as well. He said he felt kind of frustrated, but you know when he got to Charlotte and had his media availability on Friday, he was really excited to be there. He said it was his first workout. He said it was his best workout when he was going to all of these pre-draft workouts. So he was really excited. He said he felt like that there was that family camaraderie here. And he just seems really excited to be here. And yeah, he was the guy at UConn. So I'm excited to see what he can do off the ball and having less pressure. There are some ridiculous stats about how many shots that he took were uncontested. But, you know, he's one of those guys that also has the potential to be an all-around player too. He has really active hands-on defense. I think that's a really underrated part of his game. And yeah, I don't think that plug-and-play is the right term. But I definitely think he can contribute next season for this Hornets team and you know this is for another time and another podcast but this also gives the Hornets a lot of flexibility not only with this pick but with Kai Jones as well in the free agent market in a couple weeks as well.
2: In terms of that next podcast on book night specifically we are going to be having our individual draft pick podcasts the remainder of this week so Mr. Booknight gets his own podcast tomorrow so we'll uh, do an even deeper dive on him in the coming uh, hours I guess at this point 24 hours from now that'll be posted for all of you next first round pick Kai Jones I think his podcast is slated for Wednesday. Someone that the Hornets really liked, seemed to be the target at 11, had book night, not been on the board, but the team liked him so much they were willing to give up a future first-round pick for him. And you can see why. The the statistics do not, quite frankly, look like a first-round guy, but statistics, generally speaking, are not the focal point. It's that athleticism and talent, and Kai Jones is just dripping with it. He is the raw ability and is so early in his basketball career there is a lot to like about him. And in, in terms of potential, this guy certainly physically could end up being an all-star just at his size, his ability to move around. There's not a whole lot of guys on earth who can do that. And the ones that can, you're talking about a select few, an elite few in the NBA.
0: Yeah. I mean, I, and again, I think one of the things, and I'll touch on this in a few minutes after we hear from Mitch Kupchak is Mitch did a really good job in his draft, not only filling immediate needs with a guy like James Bookknife, but he was able to fill future needs as well in a guy like Kai Jones. You know, the center position has had a lot of question marks, especially going into this offseason with two unrestricted free agents. Got a couple of young guys that can play the five like PJ Washington in that stretch role and Vernon Carey as well. So, you know, it's one of those things where Kai gets a lot of seasoning, hopefully at the G League level, and he's able to develop. And he just seems like one of those guys when he came in for his podcast interview that will air on Wednesday he was one of those guys he was just so happy to be here he was so excited he seems like he's one of those guys that's really going to work hard and kind of do almost whatever it takes to get better and that positive mentality we saw what it can do to a locker room last year with a guy like LaMelo Ball it just kind of lifts everybody's spirits around him so he's also probably going to be a really good locker room guy as well and sometimes that can get kind of underrated
2: it's going to be a fun locker room, to say the least. The youthful energy, and there's definitely a, a serious aspect. I don't want to say like you know we're going to be hearing nothing but laughter and whoopee cushions coming out of the Hornets' locker room for the next 12 months or anything like that. But Lamelo rubbed off on everyone in a good way that, especially in a pandemic season, lightened everything up, made it much more fun to go to work and and deal with all the protocols. And I think Kai Jones kind of falls into that same plane, uh, but at the same time, both of them are very committed to basketball. Kai Jones. Could could. could not wait to get out of his very well-tailored suit and get out there into a uniform and onto the floor. Finally, the two second round picks. I think, you know, at this point in time in the NBA, the way teams are drafting, they're looking for potential. You could call it swinging for home runs. I don't Know necessarily that the Hornets have always looked at it that way, taking more polished guys like the Martin brothers or Devontae Graham in the second round of the pass. But in the case of these two, Scotty Lewis as well as JT Thor, these guys have a lot of upside. Thor, you, you mentioned we got to meet these guys recording their podcasts. I think we were shaking hands with him from down the hall. You know, to say he is long is a drastic. Drastic understatement. JT Thor with a seven foot three wingspan. He's a very long guy. And Lewis tested off the charts at the combine. All of these guys, I think there is a chance for really rapid growth. And perhaps, if the scouting staff is correct, perhaps an immediate impact. Yeah, I'm excited to see what JT
0: Thor can do. Yeah, you mentioned he doesn't really have any sort of issue social distancing when he's shaking hands by anybody. I just felt bad for some of these guys that had to, you know, duck their heads trying to walk into our studio. But, yeah, Thor is another guy that is, is similar to Kai Jones where he's young and he's got a lot of raw potential. And Scotty Lewis, I mean, the athleticism is there. He tested really well at the Combine just in terms of, you know, all of the tangibles. Now it's just putting that together and putting that basketball skill together To create that total package, and hopefully he can make an impact too as a late second round guy.
2: All in all, I think a really, really good draft for Mitch Kupchak. Uh, most of the reviews I've seen have been extremely positive. While there was a very deep pool, I would say from about 4 to 20, where you know there weren't really a whole lot of unacceptable picks, and really only one or two teams got you know some real head-scratchers there based off the national media. No one seemed perplexed about what the Hornets were doing. They got a guy for now and just hit a, a lot of really good players entering on this Hornets roster. But as I mentioned from the outset, Rob, our opinion is a distant second to the man that we're going to have on next. He is the president of basketball operations and general manager of your Charlotte Hornets. Mitch Kupchak joins us next here on the Hornets Hivecast.
1: Hornets fans, the buzz is building. For season ticket packages for the 2021-2022 season, call 704-HORNETS or visit hornets.com to chat live with a season ticket representative. Lock in your price today.
2: Joining us now, Charlotte Hornets general manager and president of basketball operations, Mitch Kupchak, coming off a very successful draft the other day. Mitch, give me the headline. Is it James Booknight? Is it two picks in the top 20, the trades? What's the headline for Hornets fans from draft night?
3: Well, to be honest with you, we're happy you know, with the draft. To really gauge the success, you, know, you really have to be able to Look back on it in two and three years and say, you know, hey, we did do a good job. You know, right now, you know, we've drafted some young players and we're very pleased with you know, the players that we got. And I think and I'm hopeful that they'll you know, develop and be good players. So we're happy about that, you know, but to claim that we've had a great day and, you know, the world is pivoted. I think that's a little premature, to be honest with you. I'm just cautious by nature. That's all.
2: That's more than fair. I think saying, you know, you won draft day is based off mock drafts. And, and as you mentioned, you don't really know till a few years down the line. But in terms of value based off most mock drafts that were out there, it seemed the Hornets got a lot of guys who maybe had been rated higher than they were picked. Would that be fair to say that you, you were seeing value at the places that you either traded up to or that you were sitting at?
3: Yeah, based on our board, yes. You yeah, know, but every team has a different board. And that's not to say our board is correct or incorrect. But on our board, yes, you know, we seem to get players that we valued higher. Now, having said that, yeah, we got a a player that dropped, uh, in our opinion, Kai Jones. But, you know, it's not like we got him for free, right? We had to trade a feature first, you know, to get him. So, yeah, there's a price to pay, you know, for everything in this league. You know, all the teams and the owners and the GMs. Yeah, you know, they're all pretty smart. You know, it's not about trying to get over on somebody. In the perfect world, a great deal is a deal that's fair for both teams. Doesn't always work that way. But normally, you know, to get something good you have to give up something good.
2: You mentioned Kai Jones and that deal. Just to follow up on that, a lot of people said this draft was seen as deeper or quote-unquote better than your average one. Was that part of the calculus that this number 19 pick this year is worth more than an equivalent pick or a top 15 pick in a year or two when it has to convey? Or is it Kai Jones is a special player and that's worth a first-rounder?
3: Well, we feel he could be a special player. You know, he's young and, you know, he started playing basketball, organized basketball late, and he's, you know, he's a big guy. And you know my, my feeling is that you know bigger players, you know because they start playing later, they develop later. So we're hopeful that his you know best years you know are to come. Now we thought that that he would be gone. In fact, if he were there at 11 and James was not there, we probably would have considered him, okay, but you know, we had at that time, You know, James rated a little bit higher, and obviously that's the player we selected. And then soon thereafter, you know, two or three picks down the road, we we started to think, well, maybe there's a way we can still get a pick and get both players. So we did trade a future first. It's protected, you know, so that, you know, in case the unexpected happens, we don't have to give up a great pick. But we do expect at some point, you know, to give up a pick. Hopefully the pick is in the 20s, and that would be the price to pay you know, for drafting a guy, you know, like Kai Jones.
2: I would assume you hope the pick is next year and that it's number 30.
3: Uh, that would be my hope. <laughs> that, that would make for a good, a good 12-month period.
2: The other first-round pick, James Booknight at number 11. He seems to be more of a, a, a more polished product. Obviously, no rookie is, is a finished product in any sense, right. but maybe more ready to contribute. What do you see as his immediate impact to a team that you've said the expectations will be higher next year? You expect this team to be competing for a not just a playoff spot, but a good one?
3: Well, we'd like to be competing for a playoff spot, right? I guess when you say a good one, you know, that probably means, you know, one through four. Uh, We were at four this year for a short period of time, and then the injury bug hit us, and we weren't deep enough to sustain, you know, that position, you know, in the standings. And even if we were healthy, I don't know. You know, we were very young, and we added a lot of pieces. With James... You know, he's got good positional size. In other words, we look at him as a wing. And sometimes you get players that are on the wing or at the two guard that are, you know, maybe an inch or two shorter. But at 6'4", 6'5", you know, we feel he can go back and forth. You use the word polished. That's probably a good word. He does seem to have a skill set and an understanding of the game, you know, that may allow him to to play a little bit this year. But we don't know. You really don't know. Uh, next week we have four days of practice here in Charlotte for pre-summer league, so we'll get a, a feel, you know, as to you know the young guys and how they're going to contribute if they're going to contribute next year. And then and then we go to Las Vegas a week from today, and we'll play you know five games, you know, and maybe a sixth game. So we'll know more then. But I think you know the word you use is probably you know how much more polished you know than. You know, an NBA player, I don't know. But he seems to be just a little bit further ahead than most.
2: Hornets GM Mitch Kupchak here with us today on the Hornets Hivecast. Mitch, you also made two second-round selections, trading up in the second round to get JT Thor out of Auburn and then Scotty Lewis late second round out of Florida. Two guys that maybe not as productive in college as other people that were available in the draft, but some really unique physical abilities. Thor, one of the longest wingspans in the draft this year, and Scotty Barnes, from what I read, tested extremely well at the Combine compared to his peers. What are the hopes and expectations for those two second-round picks?
3: Well, with with JT... You know, your description's a good one. You know, the thing that sticks out most to me is he's still 18 years old, and he hasn't turned 19 yet. And at his size, you know, he's got great athletic ability, great length, and he's got some NBA skills. You know, he can shoot the ball, and he has a good feel for the game. But he's yet to turn 19. So, you know, he'll spend a lot of time, if I had to guess, going back and forth between Greensboro and Charlotte next year. And probably the same thing with Scotty. Your description, once again, was pretty good. He's long. He's athletic. You know, left school early. So we expect him to be, you know, in Greensboro, you know, a lot as well. You know, we're just trying to get talent into the system. You know, we've got a, a minor league team down in Greensboro. And we got lucky last summer with Gordon in free agency. You know, I don't feel that every year or two you know we can look to get a frontline free agent i'm hopeful that you know as we get better you know maybe free agents do want to come here but i don't feel we can really take that path i think we have to draft well You know, maybe make a savvy trade if possible but probably most importantly is to get players into the system whether it's here in charlotte or in greensboro and develop them and i think our coach has done a great job you know we've used the G League team in Greensboro in the last couple of years. know, this past year, there was a bubble. We didn't have it in Greensboro. But prior to that, you know, Devontae Graham, Jalen McDaniels, you know, the Martin brothers. So it's been good to us. And I think that's something we just have to continue to do.
2: Mitch, I'll end on this. Uh, A lot of people have been looking at asking about how these players, all four of them, fit in with the timeline for the reigning Rookie of the Year, LaMelo Ball. But I want to look at it a little differently. You mentioned Gordon Hayward, the, the huge free agent acquisition. Maybe a little surprising that he was even available last year, but he chooses Charlotte. You're able to acquire him. His prime is now. And as you mentioned, this was at one point last season, a team in fourth place in the Eastern Conference before injuries hit. How do the moves that you made over the last week help capitalize, make sure that you're taking full advantage of Gordon Hayward's prime, a player who has been an all-star and was probably a borderline one until injuries happened last season too?
3: Yeah, it's a good question. You know, we're we're juggling. It's somewhat of a balance act, right? I mean, we can't go all in because, you know, Gordon has, you know, just three years left on his contract and sacrifice our youth and financial flexibility to try to win a championship. Right now, I mean, that's not realistic, right? And if we did something like that, then, you know, we might handicap ourselves, you know, going forward. Yet, oh, yeah, Gordon is further along than our young players. And we do have to take advantage and not waste, you know, his prime here in Charlotte. So it's a balancing act to some degree. We want to bring in the youth, we want to develop them, yet we don't want to waste Gordon's years here in Charlotte. Why would you do that, right? He got him for a reason. But he is great for our team. You know, he will, you know, help us if we can succeed and play well, attract maybe other free agents. But that's not what it's about. I mean, he came here, you know, for various reasons, but I think a big reason was is that you know, he had faith in the franchise and he thought we can win. So we've got to continue to try to do that. Yeah, You know, we just can't go all in right now and just undress what we've been trying to build for the last year or two
2: well very few teams are are able to do either you know win now or build that foundation it looks very much like you're doing both Mitch congratulations on a great draft and uh, we look forward to talking to you after free agency wraps up thank you we will do Mitch Kupchak Hornets president of basketball operations and general manager our guest today here on the Hornets Hivecast we'll be right back Rob Longo and I will dissect that conversation much much more to come here on the Hornets Hivecast cast.
1: Be sure to check out the Hornets Fan Shop at Spectrum Center. Now open Thursday through Saturday from 11 a.m. to 3 p.m. Check out all the newest Hornets gear or grab a new pair of Jays. It's an easy trip on the light rail or you can shop from the comfort of your own home 24-7 at HornetsFanShop.com
2: Sam Farber and Rob Longo here with you on the HHC. We just heard Mitch Kupchak, Hornets General Manager and President of Basketball Operations and thanks once again to Mitch for joining us here on the HHC. Rob, I'll give it to you first. What is your takeaway after hearing the Hornets general manager, his thoughts on the 2021 NBA draft?
0: I think they pretty much align with everything that I talked about immediately right after the draft in terms of just getting a guy like James Booknight who can make an impact right away. And then you got guys like Kai Jones as well. And the fact that Mitch was just able to Not play the draft so well, but he was able to manage it really well in that first round just in terms of sometimes you need a little bit of luck. You need a guy like LaMelo Ball to fall to you last year at number three, and then you get a guy like James Booknight who, like I mentioned in the first segment, was as high as number seven on some draft boards. And he falls to you four spots down at number 11. And then the fact that you were able to get back into the first round at what I feel like is a very reasonable price in a highly protected future first round pick where, you know, the goal that we've talked about and what Mitch talked about was getting to the playoffs. And you hope to convey that pick that's in the 20s. And at that point, hopefully you don't really need that draft pick. So, you know, just really good stuff all around from Mitch Kupchak and then some promising guys in the second round as well. And keep in mind, too, that the Hornets didn't initially have a pick in that 30 range when they got JT Thor at 37. They moved up 20 spots in a deal with Detroit to get that 57th pick to the Pistons, and then they were able to take that 32nd pick for JT Thor. So just really impressive stuff by Mitch Kupchuk, I think, working the phones and getting some more reasonable draft positioning all around in the first and second round.
2: I'm with you, and and on that Kai Jones pick, I'm you know as I said to Mitch, hopefully it's 30 next year. That would be that be the one you want to give back. But I think value is is the name of this. I think you don't know who won draft day for a couple of years. Mitch said that in the conversation we just had, but that doesn't mean that there's not value or perceived value in one draft to the other and as you mentioned the kai jones pick kai jones real excitement in the building about him that's a lottery pick talent who is available at 19 and the hope is that the pick you give back ends up being in the 20s as you mentioned so anytime you can trade what in theory will be let's say pick number 24 for number 19 with no extra penalty you do it you just go ahead and do it and then book Knight as well a guy who is a top five or six guy on It seems the Hornets board and probably a lot of boards able to get him at 11, a ton, a ton of value there. So that was one of my takeaways as well. The other one is the whole short-term versus long-term goal balance. He didn't say it specifically, but kind of my reading on what Mitch was saying about capitalizing on Gordon Hayward's prime while simultaneously trying to build a foundation that will hopefully carry them Four, five, six, eight years from now, it's hard to do both at the same time, but it feels like the Hornets are. And I think the thing that will spark Charlotte and give them a boost in terms of expectations for this coming season is the same thing that really happened last year, and that is a free agent making the pick to come to Charlotte. Had Gordon Hayward not come to the Hornets last year, I don't think there's any question Charlotte would have been a top eight or 10 pick. In the NBA draft, getting into the play-in tournament would have been a much more difficult task. You just look at the team's record with Gordon playing versus when he didn't play. I think similarly, if you want to see the team take a jump and really compete for, say, the top spot in the Eastern Conference, it's not, okay, LaMelo Ball has to progress at a superhuman rate. It's you have to add maybe another all-star here cuz you look at the teams you're competing with for that top spot. It's Brooklyn with a big 3, Milwaukee, the reigning champions, Philadelphia who won it last year. I think free agency is the opportunity to really reset expectations beyond where they are, but where they are right now is a really good spot. I think a goal of being top 4 in the East is a really good one and based off last season when the team was healthy, it's one that can be accomplished.
0: And that's something that Mitch kind of alluded to in the conversation with you was that, you know, they don't want to waste Gordon Hayward's years here as he's kind of in the middle of his prime and kind of winding down his career a little bit here in a couple of seasons. But it's a very difficult and a very delicate balance where you try to focus on the future while still trying to not win now, but improve now. I mean, you know, I think there's a, a really big difference. So you look like a team at like Oklahoma City where, You know, they've been playing for ping pong balls for the last year after they kind of blew up their roster and said we're going to start from scratch. And now they hold all these different draft picks and we're very active acquiring more draft picks on draft night, too. So there's that mentality, but then there's also the mentality that Mitch had on draft night where it was, I'm going to get a guy that can play now almost with James Booknight. I'm going to move back and get a guy that can play in the intermediate, maybe near future in Kai Jones. And I'm not going to worry about what the draft looks like next year. I know that these guys have talent. I know that these guys can get developed. I'm going to go after them now because tomorrow, for lack of a better term, isn't really promised. I mean, you don't know what the draft class is going to look like next year. You don't know what it's going to look like five years from now. So, you know, you're guaranteed to have this talent in this draft. You might as well go get it.
2: One last thing on the, you know, whole resetting of expectations based off free agency. I think this team is very appealing. For, for people from the outside looking in. You look at unselfish guys like Gordon Hayward, like LaMelo Ball, who should be attractive to play with. And I think you can say that up and down the roster with Terry Rozier and Miles Bridges and PJ Washington. This was a team last year that was willing to sacrifice for each other and for the betterment of the team. And winning was the primary goal. So I, I think this is going to be an attractive destination. As Mitch said, are you going to have a chance to get an all-star every year? No, probably. You know, that that's hard to do. It's very very hard to do, but I think things are lined up right now in the short term to take that next step, be competitive for a playoff position, and if by chance someone in free agency, which is pending right now, elects to come to Charlotte... I don't think they would be or the fans would be or this roster would be disappointed because uh, things are are really looking up for the Hornets right now. That's going to do it on this edition of the Hornets Hivecast. Again, thank you to Mitch Kupchak for joining us, General Manager, President of Basketball Operations for the Hornets. And congrats again to him on a very exciting draft day that brought in four players to the Hornets. And we're going to start introducing them to you tomorrow. Right back to work, Rob Longo, James Booknight will be our guest for tomorrow's edition of of the HHC. Till then, for Rob Longo, I'm Sam Farber saying it's been a pleasure and a privilege having you with us, and we'll talk to you next time here on the Hornets Hivecast.
1: Thanks for listening to the Hornets Hivecast. For more coverage, visit hornets.com.